Coaches. Blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, ay. blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, yeah. blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, as always. It's Steve Pintado, Coach Steve. Uh, but unfortunately, guys, Coach Shibs is not with me today, so it's just going to be me because it was a little bit of a last-moment thing that Coach Jibs couldn't join us. But have no fear. The show must go on still. So as you guys already know, we're wrapping up Week 11 right now. Currently watching the Sunday night game. Not going as hopeful as I was Planning it ongoing for my fantasy team, but nevertheless, uh, week 11's in the books and week 12 is is among us, and it's time to start getting ready for waiver wires and everything else. So if you guys listen to the show regularly, obviously every week, every Tuesday episode, we put out um, kind of a buy or sell, kind of just a topic thing, and then a waiver wire segment. So uh, we're gonna, I'm just gonna get right into it tonight. Uh, I'm not gonna mess around with this, guys. So we'll start with the news. Uh, Randall Cobb had a uh, foot injury that he is going to be missing this Thursday night's game here. We'll talk more about how that could impact some players later. Um, Tuo, if we didn't, you didn't already realize, was benched in the fourth quarter of the Dolphins game here. Bit of a shocker, but uh, Coach uh, Clutch Four has already said that he's going to be right back as a starter next week. So hopefully this was a one-time thing, but a major disappointment to see that. LaMichael P. Ryan. Injured ankle injury, high ankle sprain turned out to be today. He is likely to miss time and probably going to end up on the IR at some point. Uh, Joe Mixon, obviously we didn't get to talk about this too much. He ends up on the IR too. Three games, we just passed one, he's got two more. Gio Bernard is, um, you know, middle tier, low end RB2 right now, just based off his recent performances. Uh, It's all you can really say about that, but he's just a low end RB2 because he doesn't present that upside that we need uh, as being that backup right now. Julio Jones, the game time decisions for week 12 after he kind of dealt with a hamstring injury that kept him on and off the field uh, in week 11. So it's something to monitor and we do have backup plans just in case. Uh, Dave Montgomery was present at practice today, which is a good sign that he should be back for week 12. Uh, Coach Matt Roll of the Carolina Panthers is optimistic that Teddy Bridgewater will play in week 12, but not so optimistic in CMC. Uh, there's... Uh, he's still week to week, so that kind of gives me the thought that he's probably not going to play in week 12, and you might want to look for other options if you're relying on him, because as we mentioned a couple times on the show, I don't expect him to be back until after, you know, the bye week in week 13, so week 14, he'd be back for the playoff run, so uh, keep that in mind. Uh, going over some big injuries, uh, Rex Burkhead, torn ACL, he's obviously out for the season at this point. Joe Burrow, Torn ACL, MCL, and other structural issues on his knee. Uh, now I'm going to look this week and find out some some situations when it comes to these knee recovery times. I didn't have didn't see too much off the bat. I know some people out there in, in the industry that could help me out with that. So I'm going to look into that. But uh, definitely not good, and especially the other structural issues. To me, that is somewhat of a concern, especially with the knee injury. Um, hopefully, that 
he's young. We have great technology and medicine nowadays. Hopefully he can recover in a timely fashion. I think it's almost nine, at least minimum nine months that he's probably going to be out for. So that would put him almost around the start of training camp. So it might be a little bit longer than he might not play in training camp next year. So we'll have to see when it comes there. Definitely a big blow. Kid was doing great this year. Uh, we're going to talk about some of his backup options after this. One more thing, obviously some big news that hit. COVID hit once again as we've all been dealing with the situation through all the off- the whole season so far. Both Rex, not Rex, I'm sorry, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are both out on Thursday on Thanksgiving games uh, due to testing positive for COVID. Again, we're going to talk about who could benefit from that, but definitely a major blow uh, to a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who we all expect him to kind of take that next step. I'll mention that in just a few minutes, but yeah, definitely a major blow for Week 12. Uh, But, you know, we must go on. Injuries happen. It is what it is, guys. Uh, Austin Eckler has a possibility playing Week 12, so keep that in mind as well. If you are an Austin Eckler owner, that's great news there. But going into the buy and sell, and usually I'll ask Coach Jibs these questions, but I'll kind of just go through them myself. Obviously, the Seattle Cardinals game, another great uh, Thursday night division rival game that happened. Uh, Kenyon Drake, though, played very well in this game uh, in terms of fantasy points. I mean, he had us at least 15 fantasy points in this game here, uh, but only 29 yards on the ground. Uh, he saw some passing work, but can you really trust him in your good graces now at this point? Probably not. I'd be still looking to sell him off if there's still some trade deadlines. I know this is a, the trade deadline week for a lot of teams at this point. Uh, I'd still be looking to trade him off after a decent game showing maybe he's kind of back because he do has he does have new england and the rams coming up on the schedule um but again chase Edmonds did still play more than him so i'm not 100 percent saying that Kenyon drake's back in my good graces you'd have to start him as a flex option because he's an rb or an rb2 but uh, i'd be looking to sell him off still at this point because yeah not too too thrilled with that but yeah we'll go over to the next part here and the seattle seahawks and it's russ guys and we've seen Russ kind of play somewhat of a mediocre low-end RB1 role at this point. But my question was, is he does he finish as a top-five quarterback at the rest of the season now? Probably not. Uh, I mean, he has some interesting games that could cause him not to do that. He's got the Rams in Washington. Pretty tough matchups in the playoff games there. The Giants are kind of an up-and-down team that can kind of say, you know, eh, maybe. The New York Jets would be the only team I think he has up at the top five option at least during that week span right there so i kind of don't think he finishes in that spot there uh again i said four of those five teams that are left are top 12 versus quarterbacks i think he plays decent and gets you fantasy points but i don't expect you to see the same productivity you saw um back when we were talking week one uh with him so uh heading over to the next game such a uh, weather rainy game again in cleveland and again, another poor game from this passing unit here. And um, my biggest question was this was, you know, is it basically, is it risky to start any pass catchers for the Browns right now at this point? And yeah, right now it is uh, because we just don't know what we're going to get from these pass catchers right now. They have a pretty solid matchups coming down the road. So basically the only guy as a th- typical pass catcher would be Austin Hooper that I would consider rostering because you probably would start him at tight end more than likely. Jarvis Landry, I mean, it just it just hasn't been there, and it's not because he's not talented or anything like that, but it just the offense is not passing heavy. The weather conditions are just not good either. I don't expect them to get any better in their home games. They have a couple tough matchups down the road here. Uh, I just 
at this point, guys, it's you hold on to Landry as a bench option and start him only when you don't really start him. How can you trust him? Up? These poor performances from these offenses right now, you just can't risk it right now. So I'm saying you could drop almost all these pass catchers if you're looking for wins now because they're just not helping you out. And I don't, you can't trust to put them in your starting lineup at this point. So, And speaking of pass catchers, we're staying with this game. Obviously, the Eagles uh, blew another game that they could have easily won. And the pass catchers, I mean, at this point, I mean, and I think pass catchers in this terminology here, I mean the wide receivers, guys. I mean, Travis Fogelman, another dud game. Alshon Jeffrey was barely did nothing in this. Greg Ward is just catching balls for four yards apiece, basically. These guys, I think at this point, Travis Fogelman, you could drop him if you needed to. If you want to hold on to him against the Seattle matchup, go for it. But do you really want to trust starting him? I know the matchup's great. Jalen Reger probably would be a better option. I'd rather start because he has been somewhat productive over the last two weeks. But Travis Fogel, uh, he's getting coverage hard. And at this point, if you need to drop him for a player to win you a week, I'm okay. I think Afshan, you could just drop him. Greg Ward, just drop him at this point if you're holding on to him. Uh, in any typical 12-man league, these guys aren't rostable at this point because you can't trust Carson Wentz to get them the ball. So that's kind of where I see... These guys at this moment, uh, hold over, heading over to the Falcons-Saint game. Uh, with a big win for the Saints here with Taysom Hill at quarterback. But do you buy or sell the Atlanta offense at this point now? Uh, you know, they put up nine, fans, nine points on the day here. I mean, no touchdowns for Matt Ryan. Terrible work from Talk early. Julio Jones, you know, didn't do well, but he was on and off the field. And Calvin Ridley is the only one who really produced. And Hayden Hurst was a lost cause for today. But what do you do with these guys? Last moment, last chance. This is your last chance to sell them. I'd probably be selling off these guys if I can. You, you you use the Todd Gurley plays the Raiders this week. That could be a good matchup. You throw the, hey, here's Julio Jones. Take Julio off my team. Because if Julio is to miss games at all, Matt Ryan just looks horrible. Calvin Ridley, I, I would probably just hold on to it. I, but I wouldn't be buying these guys. That's the main point. You don't buy these guys right now. They're just no good matchups with New Orleans. Tampa Bay and Kansas City, they don't sound like great matchups for me to want to go out and get these guys on my team. If you have them already, hold them. If not, try to trade them before their deadlines end because I know that is coming up for a lot of teams, but it's just not being very productive here. Uh, heading over to the next game, Bengals-Washington, guys. Uh, you know, Alex Smith got his first win as a starting quarterback in almost three years now. And the biggest news, obviously, was Joe Burrow. We just mentioned out for the season now, bad knee injury. But what does this offense kind of look like, you know, right now? And what it is, it's it's maybe Ryan Finley. Coach, uh, the coach hasn't said that he is actually a starter. Um, but looking into what he did in this game, it was very not good. He threw the targets to T. Higgins four times, two times to Tyler Boyd, two times to A.J. Green. He has a running floor, so if you, if you like that, that, that's a great option there. Um, but he did play three games last year, and that was kind of when the running game kind of got going because they fed the run. So maybe Gio Bernard gets going. Maybe a guy like uh, Samaj Pirine sees more carries, possibly. Um, but when he was on the field, their pass catching work. Boyd had a, had two or three good games. Um, Alden Tate was kind of that outside guy that T. Higgins plays. He had mediocre games, but all these guys kind of take a step down at this point. Um, I feel like... Knowing your fantasy owners are probably not going to want to buy these guys from you guys now, um, but you just hold on to them. You don't obviously drop them or anything yet. You know, y- who knows what could happen at this point? They're going to find ways to get this offense involved, 
and you should be kind of okay with that overall. But yeah, these eyes all take a step down. AJ Green, I'm not really considering what rostering him as much. Higgins is more of that RB wide receiver three at this point. Tyler Boyd is a low end RB two. Um, I think he's probably still the best upside based off what Ryan Finley can do. He's more of that shorter yardage passing throws kind of type of guy who's always very accurate, but outside the 10 yard line, his accuracy kind of fell. Uh, so that's kind of what you see here. Everyone kind of takes a downgrade at this point. This is not the offense that we all expected them to be as we got closer to the fantasy playoffs, unfortunately. And it, it's unfortunate this year, but hopefully Joe Burrow comes back and makes a strong recovery. Um, staying with this game here, uh, and it's Antonio Gibson. A fantastic game this past week. He got himself another touchdown, which we always love to see here. And he got 95, 94 yards, his second highest career total. But do you is this the time to sell high on on Antonio Gibson, and I and I think it is. And if you listen to our trade deadline episode uh, last week, I mentioned him as one of my sell high guys. I mean, my thing is that he's got two good matchups in week twelve and week sixteen. After that, Pittsburgh, San Fran, and Seattle—pretty tough matchups, I'd say, for the most part. And I don't expect this team to be ahead in games for Gibson to see these sixteen plus carries, uh, ten or 15, thirteen plus carries every single week, and. I expect them to be kind of in shootout situations or probably behind in games. I know their defense is strong, but they use some pretty strong offenses here. And I expect a guy like G.J. McKissick to see more involvement. The fact that Gibson isn't seeing a huge workload in the tar- in the in the passing game, you know, three, four, two, doesn't bode well for him to have a continuing value. And if he hasn't getting if he isn't getting these touchdowns, what does his fantasy value look like? It doesn't look as great. Um, so for me personally, I'm I'm looking to sell high on him if you can. Maybe you can't. Don't just sell him to sell him. But if you can sell high on him, maybe get yourself a somewhere how to package a deal to get Derrick Henry. I don't know. But there are ways to do that. And if you can do it, take advantage of that opportunity there. So uh, heading over to the next game here, Lions-Panthers. No Teddy Bridgewater in this game. Lions just looked horrendous without their star players. Um, but DJ Moore had another fantastic game this week, guys. Um, but can you trust him at this point? Is he back in our good graces? And I don't think he's back in my good graces. I think he's still matchup dependent. He's got a good matchup next week. Consider starting him. But you can't take this matchup into saying, oh, he's back now. Because it wasn't Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, Brid- Teddy Bridgewater will be back in this game at some point. And at this point, I think it's still that situation where you sell high on him after a really great game because he might have another good game. Then he's got a bye we get to deal with. And he's got playoff matchups with probably Christian McCaffrey coming back. They spread the ball around this offense way too much here, and Teddy Bridgewater just doesn't seem to be giving him enough target share to me to want to rely on him. This is the second time all seasons he's seen double-digit targets. Um, it seems like Teddy Bridgewater likes Robbie Anderson. It seems like he likes Curtis Samuel a lot, who's been producing week in and week out at this point. You can't trust him fully. I think you're okay to start him next week, but it's a, it just depends on what next week looks like. Maybe he sees only four or five targets, but then he gets 80 yards. It really will depend on what you see there. You always want to go with somebody who sees a big target share week in, week out, and DJ Moore just doesn't show that on a week-to-week basis. And staying in this game here, there wasn't really much to say about the Lions at this point, but is this your last chance to buy DeAndre Swift? I think so. He was shot that he misses this game on Thursday because of the concussion, but after that, I'd still want to buy on him. People could be just disgusted, like, oh, I can't deal with injuries right now. I want to move on. I need to win, I need to win games. Again, he's got Chicago, not great, but he's got Green Bay, Tennessee, fantastic matchups. Tampa Bay's a little strong against the run, but they they give up passing volume uh, to running backs, so that bodes well for him. So I'd still want to buy him, and God forbid he plays this week. 
Give him another good game against the Houston Texans. Sign me up. Uh, this is your last shot, bro, guys. It's your last shot to buy, buy DeAndre Swift right now, if you can. Uh, and over the next game, Steelers, Jaguars, pretty much a the top team wins very easily. Uh, but w- one thing I was very excited about was James Robinson. He had a fine day against a tough run defense. I had 73 yards. He had just over 10 fantasy points this, this past week. He's been a solid floor guy. And that's what I basically take away from this game. His lowest output was week to one when he had 10 points in PPR formats. I mean, he's just been a guy who's seen at least almost double-digit fantasy points in all point-point-per-perception kind of leagues at this point. Standard leagues, obviously, he's gone over under a little bit on that. But for the most part, he's been a solid floor guy week in and week out. And you have to be happy, even though with some tough matchups, that you can rely on him as just a guy you throw him in there and just let him do what he's got to do to get you enough points. It won't be pretty every week, but it will be enough to help you out on your fantasy week. And going with the the team who's literally 10-0, and on the undefeated team left, um, which wide receiver at this point do you want? Do we Should we want to have the rest of the season at this point? Again, this could be cheating at this point because Juju did get hurt a little bit, so who knows if his status is on Thursday, if it's going to be okay. Um, but for me, it's Deontay Johnson at this point, guys. And it, to me, it's about target shares. He's seen six games so far with, with double-digit targets. He hasn't played 10 games. He's played like eight games so far. Uh, after that, I mean, Claypool's got three. Juju's got two games with double-digit targets right now. This is where I'd want DJ, DJ uh, I'm sorry, Deontay Johnson at this point. And I think you should be fine if you have him. If you have any of these guys, you should be very glad because they have terrific matchups the rest of the season and, and just go with it. But if you could get Deontay Johnson still, guys, it might be hard. But he's probably my still, I'm choosing him as my number one wide receiver on this offense still at this point. And heading over to the next game, Titans-Ravens. This was kind of a shocker. I expected the Ravens to win this personally, but Titans pulled off ahead here. And, uh, you know, the one positive on the side of the Ravens should take away is that J.K. Dobbins, um, he ended up having a pretty good game. He pulled himself away from this backfield, it seemed like. I mean, he had... He played more percentage of the snaps. I mean, he played over 60% of the snaps this week while... Gus Edwards played 20, and Mark Ingram played only 9. Then he had 15 carries to both 3-3 three and three of Mark uh, Ingram and Gus Edwards at this point. He's the only one who saw passing work in this offense here. He's the only one who's really been seeing passing work in this offense for the most part. Um, so, you know, can you trust him moving forward? Clearly, you're not going to trust him in Week 12 because we've already talked about that, but I'm not there just yet. Again, it was one game. Let's see it another game. He won't see it this week, but... They do have matchups coming down the road against like Dallas. Do you start him? Of course you start him. I think you have to start him at that point. You have to trust that he's going to see a big bulk of this carries. And if it continues to do that, he can end up having himself a little breakout rest of the season, kind of something like Miles Sanders had at the end of his season last year. Um, but yeah, I think you're okay to start him as a flex option because you, you have to assume that this is going to continue. But again, be cautious because it could end up really mod. You have to wait another game. You can't judge it off one game. You always have a backup. And the backup isn't this week. Hopefully it will be back when we get into week 13. So it's kind of where I see them at this point. And then the Titans offense. Do you, is it time to buy all these players? Uh, because they had a good game, so it might be harder. And the reason I want to buy them is because their matchups in the playoffs are fantastic. And it is literally, it's Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay. Fantastic matchups that do produce big fantasy numbers for everyone. And this is the time. And unfortunately, you can't wait until after this bad indie game here, but... Try to find a way to buy, you know, 
at this point, try to find a way, way to buy Derrick Henry. Find a way. Just go out there and find a way. Ryan Tannehill could be guys being dropped. Go get him. Go get A.J. Brown. Corey Davis could be still flying out there soon. Go get him. Jonu Smith, try to get these guys because they're going to have a great matchups throughout the playoffs, and they could end up all helping you win the entire playoffs with just this Titans offense. So if you can do it, go and do it. And I completely just realized now because what I was going to say is that, you know, people had asked me about Alvin Kamara, and I realized I missed that on the New Orleans side, guys. I apologize. Um, it is basically how is Taysom Hill in this offense? How do you feel? How did we feel about it? And you have to feel somewhat great, for, especially for Michael Thomas owners. He was targeted a heavy amount of times, and you watch that game. Taysom Hill really focused on trying to get Michael Thomas the ball. Again, they didn't throw the ball downfield too, too often. He wasn't in shotgun constantly, so that's a good thing. But it took away from Alvin Kamara just a slight bit because they ran the ball more. So Latavius Murray got on the field more. Taysom Hill runs on his own. So this takes away touchdowns. He had two touchdowns last week on the ground. So for me, Alvin Kamara friends, don't worry. He's going to be fine. You know, John Payton knows what he's doing. He's going to get Alvin Kamara the ball somehow. Um, but if this is what I wanted to mention here. This Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry swap right now. And I think that could be something interesting because Alvin Kamara has such a tough playoff schedule. I don't think Taysom Hill is going to just knock the ball down constantly because he has a chance to run with it. He may do that a little more often than Drew Brees would just dipping the ball off to Alvin Kamara. So I kind of want to mention that Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry switch now. If you can make it, I would really consider it at this point because it could be something that goes very well for you because of Derrick Henry's great playoff schedule. Um, I just wanted to mention that. And the offense, again, looks strong enough. Taysom Hill, I think, can keep this job and keep this offense relevant, but it will probably only be the main Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara show, and that's really it. You can't trust everyone else. I think they'll be all like Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook, more of a touchdown-dependent kind of plays for them, I think, moving forward at this point. So let's continue back where we were here. Um, and we moved over to the Patriots-Texans game. And, you know, Damien Harris, can he be trusted as a weekly start at this point? Um, I would love to say yes. I really would. Um, but I don't know what role it happens to be when Sony Michelle comes back because he was active. He didn't play in this game, but more than likely he plays in the next game here, and he's a similar back to Damien Harris. So what happens there? I don't know. I just don't know. They haven't played on the field together all this coming season here. You assume James White completely takes over the passing work at this point. Maybe Damien Harris takes the Rex Burkhead role because he is very versatile, but I just I don't know. You can't trust him as a weekly start still. He's been great for you if you've been starting him. Fantastic. Um, but he's a high-end RB3, and if something would happen to Sony again, he jumps back in that RB, he jumps into that RB2 situation very quickly. Uh, but you just can't trust him. You're going to probably start him in most cases because, you know, you're probably he's probably RB2 sometimes because of injuries, but he's not someone that you're just throwing at this point as your RB spot because you just can't trust him on a weekly basis. And the Texans, again, there weren't more to say about the Texans here, but Jordan Aikens did have 80 yards, someone who I've been pretty high on for most of the offseason here, or most of the season. It was kind of banged up over the last month, but 80 yards, um, he's someone is very interesting. Uh, I don't know if, and I, what I said was, was it trustworthy that he had the 80 yards game? And it could be. And it could be at least this one week because of Randall Cobb not being here. They do play the Lions, who've been giving up fantasy points as of recently to tight ends. Um, they could use a third guy still. You know, Kiki QT kind of took some work away from, um, you know, when Stills and Cobb were both out. But Jordan Aikens, I think, is a really talented tight end. And 
Uh, we're going to talk about him in the waiver show, but I think you can trust him if you're looking for a tight end right now because it's hard to find someone who's reliable, and I think he could end up being reliable now that I think he looks like he's a little bit more healthy. Uh, going over the next game here, Dolphins-Broncos here. Uh, what a terrible time for my Dolphins fans. You know, horrible game on, all around at this point, but Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, at this point, what do you, who do you want the rest of the season? Who should you target the rest of the season? Because both these guys could be very wavel, be out there in waivers for you this year. And I'm still going Patrick. And the fact that, you know, Judy's seen more targets of lately, but Patrick missed a portion of a game because he got kicked. But it's just that he is just the guy who seems to be doing more with the ball most of the time. Judy over the last two weeks now, after his big week, kind of just mediocre. He's seen targets, but he's just not putting up the yards. Tim Patrick is doing things with the ball. Now, don't overreact to his game this past week. He did get like a 60-yard bomb at the end of the game, so that kind of juiced his stats up a little bit. But I still want Patrick. I think he's just the number one wide receiver still on this team here, and is he's the one who's producing with the targets he's getting. He's seeing almost similar targets as Judy, and he's producing more. And that's kind of what I want right now in terms of my wide receiver four or five on my team. Um, with Miami, do you, you trust any Dolphins player outside of the starting running back? No, you can't. And, and here's why. Prior to Tua going down, during the first half of the game, Demonte Parker was 3 for 18. Mike Gusecki was 2 for 12. No one else on this team is really too fantasy relevant at this point outside of the main running back. And Ryan Fitzpatrick went in there and made them look great again. And I don't think Tua is doing what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing, unfortunately. But for the so far since Tua's taken over, Devontae, uh, Devontae Parker is 15, car- 15 catches for 159 yards and two touchdowns. Not great over that three or four games four game span. Um, you know, uh, Jakeem Grant has got 11 catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Again, nothing crazy. And then, again, Mike Isicki got 10 catches for 133 yards. These aren't putting up big numbers. At th- this point, outside of Mike Isicki and Devontae Parker, you can't start them. And... I don't know if you tr- I don't know if you would throw away Devontae Parker. God forbid Fitzpatrick goes back in, but these guys are strictly bench players, and again, they're somewhat of a sleeper option next week. But it's really going to be hard to trust them. If you go with more reliable options or better matchups, that's what you go with right now because you just can't trust the Dolphins' uh, pass catcher at this mo- at this moment. And heading over the next game, Dolph uh, Jets charges. Justin Herbert, fantastic. Keenan Allen, fantastic. But can they finish as possibly the number one in their positions the rest of the season? And, and I want to say yes. I mean, if you can have this combo right now on your team, and I do have it in a couple leagues right now, the Jets, oh, they just put the Jets, I'm sorry, the Bills, the Patriots, the, the, the Falcons, the Ravens, the Denver Broncos, like these are matchups they can just exploit. And if I think they could end up finishing as the one and one on their own respective positions from now until the rest of the year because they're just so fire and they have just such a strong connection that you, you, you can't beat it. Uh, going over the next game here, we are at... No, I'm staying in this game, but is Jameson Crowder a weekly start still? I don't think he is. I think it's matchup dependent. Um, you've seen over the last couple of weeks now kind of just falling apart, seeing very minimal target shares, and you just can't trust it right now. And the fact that he's been always on and off and injured... He just not a weekly start for me right now, guys. I just you can't trust him at this moment. Just five targets over the last two games. Uh, Colts, uh, Packers, definitely another upset game. I thought this would be a Packers pretty easy game based off the you know Colts in their situation and they have lack of offense. But uh, the biggest thing was Jonathan Taylor with twenty two carries. Now is this something to show for signs 
to come down the road? I don't think so just yet. Um, you know, he had, you know, the fact that he had 90, 90 yards and 22 carries doesn't bolt well. It's under four yards a carry. It wasn't very fantastic. Um, he didn't do anything that wowed me in this game. I guess he had a touchdown kind of called back. So that kind of made his stats kind of bad. But he's an okay option. I don't know I would start him just yet unless you're in obviously need to. If you had other options to start, I would. Even with a good matchup next week, I'm not thrilled to want to start him because I want to see him do it again. He's had This is the second time he's had more than 20 carries in a game. You know, Naeem Hines was two weeks a week ago. Jonathan Taylor is this week. God forbid next week is Jordan Wilkins, guys. You can't trust it yet, but hold on to him and hopefully that he can do it again and then the trust can start being built there by the time playoffs roll around. Um, now, Alan Lazard comes off of an injury first game, very mediocre, very quiet. Um, but can you risk not having keeping him on your team for another week, even if they play the Bears next week? Um, if you need a spot, you can drop Alan Lazard. I understand. But if you can hold on to him still, I think this offense is still going to get things going and he's going to see more work as the season goes on again i think he got eased into this game here i expect him to see more involvement so if you can hold on to him for a few more weeks to see if he can get things moving i would if you can't you need a spot i understand go for it but i hold on to him if he can uh cowboys vikings another upset kind of game i think everyone a lot of people have the vikings going on that's because andy Dalton had a really strong game um but at this point can you trust this offense no you can't yet i mean it was good uh, but again, they versed the Minnesota Vikings, whose secondary was just true. And the whole defense, not very strong. Uh, and you saw the fantasy points just rack up with Zeke, the pass catchers. Obviously, not Michael Gallup anymore, obviously. But they got Baltimore. They have Washington. They have Cincinnati, which is good. Then they have San Fran, and they have the Steelers. Don't bold well for their matchups the rest of the year. Uh, if you can sell these guys at this point, I'm selling them off their big games. But I don't expect them to be all fantasy relevant. For the rest of the season here i think it's gonna be a couple of people that are depending on the week and the advantage of the matchup but that's really it um and then following that we'll stay in with here uh obviously if you guys didn't hear i got the kind of missed it adam thielen is on the COVID list at this point and we don't know yet if it's him personally or if he's been just being in contact with someone i haven't seen the report on it yet um but is it time to sell high on him i wish you could i wish you said this like maybe a day ago, but people might not buy him. But if you can sell him somehow high, I think I would. Not based off the COVID situation. I had this prior um, because they do play some tough matchups uh, in playoffs. I mean, Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, they do have pretty decent matchups over the next few weeks. But playoffs, uh, I'd still want to sell high on these guys if I could. But it might be harder with him being on the COVID situation at this point now. So, um and the Sunday night game, really good game, great division rival. Can you trust CH as a RB1 rest of the season? I think you can. I think he proved that he's good enough to do that. Um, but can you trust anyone on the Raiders side of the ball consistently? Probably not. Jacobs is going to have his carries and have good games where he gets touchdowns to save him. You can't trust the pass catchers on a great week-to-week basis. It's the matchup dependent. I think Darren Wall is the only guy you can really trust for the most part because you kind of have to as a tight end. But you can't trust everyone. I mean, they're going to have good weeks, they're going to have bad weeks. It's just, it just the way it seems like this Raiders offense kind of plays, unfortunately, at this moment. Uh, kind of strange, but I'm not buying them as a guy, as a weekly starting fantasy team yet. All right, so we're in week 12, guys. No bye weeks for some reason, because the bye weeks are in week 13, but we're off the buys finally, so we're getting 16 games. Or, I'm sorry, not 16 games. Yeah, 16 games. 
Um, so this is our waiver wire section at this point, guys. As you know, we do people under 40%. So if there's someone out there who we don't mention and you're like, well, why are they out there? They didn't mention them. Go pick them up then because they probably shouldn't be out there. now. They're not under the 40% mark that we we process here at the Fantasy Coaches. So go pick those guys up. Um, so everyone else will be under 30% or more. I try to give you guys at least some guys under 30 to make it even more available for you. So we're switching things up a little bit. We kind of started that last week here, but we're doing quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. All in their separate categories now to kind of give you guys more options and talk a little bit more about these guys for your benefit to help you kind of out. Um, so starting with the quarterback situation here. Uh, my top quarterback pickup this week, if Derek Carr is out there, he's only owning 37% of the league, so it's just close to that 40 mark. But if he's out there, you have to pick him up. He's versus Atlanta this week. Atlanta is one of the gives up one of the most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season here. You saw Taysom Hill have a fantastic game, even though there were rushing touchdowns. Derek Carr is going to have another fantastic game. He's got to be your number one pickup in terms of quarterbacks this pos- this week. Um, going at number two here, it's Daniel Jones. He versus the Cincinnati Bengals, coming off a pretty strong game. He didn't have a touchdown, but he has a rushing floor, it seems like, every single week. Uh, we, you know, we talked about da- Daniel Jones as a guy who's a good buy-low option right now because he had such a t- tough schedule the first half of the season. So tough. And then we said, you know, by the time he gets to the playoffs, he's got a great, he's got a great playoff stretch. And the next four games here are favorable to him to do something well. And I, I think he can. This offense had a week off, coming off a bye, extra time to prep. Um, he's just going to gunsling it. I mean, I don't expect them to run the ball a ton consistently enough. So Daniel Jones is my number two pickup this week because he could provide you a, a streaming option if you're still streaming and provide you possibly a way to get you into the playoffs and help you win a for first few weeks, which would be weird to say for Daniel Jones, but it's very possible. Uh, he's got some upside right now that I like going forward. So um, Some other guys, Tua... Uh, he's got the Jets this week, uh, but you can't trust him, obviously. Alex Smith uh, got the Vikings, I believe, oh, the Cowboys this week. That's a great matchup there. Uh, if, PJ, if Teddy Bridgewater were to miss, P.J. Walker's got a matchup against the Vikings this week. Kirk Cousins has a matchup against the, Cal- the Carolina Panthers. Phillip Rivers, um, they play the Tennessee Titans this week again. He played pretty decent last time around. Baker Mayfield has the Jaguars, um, but that could be more of a running game right there. Still, still can't trust Baker that much. Um, Ryan Fitley versus the Giants. He's not the name to start yet, but again, he has got a rushing floor to him, and he's got great weapons. So maybe he could do something with it, maybe not. But he's another guy here. All guys under the 40% owned. Basically, all of them, most of them are under 30% owned. So go out and get your guy, whoever you need to help you win your week. Um, on to the running back scenario here. My number one pickup has got to be Gus Edwards. We talked about having J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram on the COVID situation right now. Gus Edwards is only owned in under 25% of leagues right now. You got to go get him. You saw that the last time the Ravens played the Steelers, even though they're a tough matchup, they ran all over them. Gus Edwards is going to see probably 20, 20 to 25 carries in this game here and probably have under, over 100 yards in this game very easily. You got to go pick him up. He's If you're looking for a running back this week, a one-week wonder probably, you got to get yourself a Gus Edwards right now. Um, my next man on the board here uh, is Frank Gore. Um, with Michael P. Ryan probably out for, like we mentioned, multiple weeks, Frank Gore will eat that role probably on the ground, seeing probably at least 16 to 17 carries. And we saw Miami get ran all over last week against the Denver Broncos, both Phil Blinsey and Melvin Gordon. Frank Gore, again, the offense isn't great, but Frank Gore should have enough off his carries to get him 70, 80 yards and maybe sneak in for a touchdown this week. 
Uh, it's like a you know maybe a little bit of a deeper man league guy, but is a guy who could, if you're in running back needy team right now, he could help you out. Um, Brian Hill is my third guy on my list. Um, you know he just played more snaps this week than Todd Gurley. Again, it could have been just the, the flow of the game, um, but. When I've watched Brian Hill play, he looks like the better back, the more explosive back right now. Uh, they have tough matchups coming down the road that Todd Gurley can end up just kind of playing very poor and could lead to a guy like Brian Hill to see more work in this game, especially in the passing game with maybe Julio missing. Um, again, it's more of a, a pick-up and hold kind of guy. Not going to be able to help you out this week probably, but that's really what it is. Um, my fourth guy is just Cam Akers. Just because, God forbid, something happens to Derek Hell Henderson or Malcolm Brown, I think Akers will see a big workload if he can. Again, it's not a major pickup. If you have a room on your roster to hold a guy like Cam Akers and see maybe at some point before the season's over, he gets a starting job and sees a big workload one week. And that's kind of what I do, what I would want to have him for, and that's kind of why he's my fourth running back right now. In reality, when it comes to running back guys, you want to pick up your handcuffs right now. If you have stud running backs, pick up their handcuffs. Get rid of players you're never going to start at this point and get your handcuffs. Because God forbid something happens over the next few weeks and you don't have your starters for the soup, for the playoff run, you're going to be hating yourself. So uh, get them now. A couple other guys like Tony Pollard, Malcolm Brown is out there, Tevin Coleman, Jordan Wilkins, Sony Michelle, uh, Devontae Booker, Samash P. Ryan, uh, Devontae Foreman. I love him. He was almost my fourth guy. Um, strictly because of Derrick Henry will go to go down. That matchup playoff is nice and Devontae Foreman plays a similar kind of style to him. Um, James White. Is just under the 40% mark now. I didn't put him in my list because he's just basically there, but you got to go get him now, I think, at this point. He needs to be, he's going to see more work in this offense, especially with Rex Burkhead out of the lineup. And also, possibly Justice Hill and Ty Johnson are also some options, too. Uh, heading over to the wide receivers, a lot more options than the running back situations, but Michael Pittman, guys, please pick him up. We've said it, I've said it over the last two weeks now. Pick him up. He has looked great over the last two weeks now. He's got the Tennessee Titans, a matchup where he exploded last time over 100 yards. He's probably going to see similar situation again. Go get him. Start him. You have to get this guy on your team. He's going to help you win a championship over the next four weeks. His matchups are all amazing. I don't care if the offense isn't that luxurious. Go get him. He's, he's the only guy seeing major work and seeing major targets and snap in this offense at this point. Um, second on my board is Jalen Richard. Um a regular, however you say it, I don't know how to say it right, but you know he was the only successful last wide receiver last week, and the, kind of the only successful wide receiver over the last two weeks now, uh, seeing at least forty yards over the last two weeks now, four receptions in both games. They get the Seattle Seahawks. We all know the Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to wide receivers per game right now. Again, it's hard to trust Carson Wentz, and we mentioned how to, you can't really trust the pass catchers, but he's a guy I think you could slide as a flex, kind of a boom boom bust rewards kind of situation and hopefully can kind of have a big game his first big game of the season this if this isn't it it's never going to happen this year guys that's kind of how i see it uh nelson aguilar similar situation i uh, can't trust the, back, the the offense but they versus Atlanta, who also are top three against fantasy wide receivers and points allowed um he's the only guy that's been producing over the last this past week um, I want him out there again. I want to start him again. I want to pick him up and play him if I can this week because his matchup is just too good to pass up. And fourth and final on my top four, it's Daryl Mooney. Uh, I'd love to see what, how the Bears kind of work him in. He's such a talented wide receiver, um, and he just hasn't been used that well, seen much targets. 
coming off the bye, I would hope they kind of found a way to get him more involved, whoever plays quarterback, because we don't know who's playing quarterback this weekend yet still. But uh, whatever, whoever it may be, I think Darrell Mooney deserves a spot on your roster to see maybe if his situation can get better. I mean, he has somewhat of a decent matchups the rest of the year. Nothing too fantastic, but, I mean, he's got Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville to end the year. Very favorable matchups at that point, so... Uh, other players, Keenan Cole, Zach Pascal, Russell Gage could be interesting with Julio were to miss. Again, Alan Lazar still under that 40% mark. Tim Patrick, Hunter Renfell, Rashad Higgins, Denzel Mims, Mikkel Harmon, Lavishka Sernault, Marvin Hall. David Moore is an interesting option with Greg, uh, I didn't get to mention this, but Greg Olson missing the rest of the season more than likely. Um, MVS, Willie Sneed, Jalen, uh, Josh Reynolds, Steve Sims Jr., Demarius Bray, Sharp Perryman. Anthony Miller could be also that fourth guy because maybe he sees the involvement. Uh, Zachamus, um, I can't say his name, Zachamus O, the Falcons wide receiver. Um, he could see a bigger workload with Julio Jones out as well. All these guys are under the 30% mark. Um, but any one of these guys could possibly help you out in any given week. So, But the top four guys are my, are my big ones for the, for the week for me. And then going over to the tight end position now, Finishing this up here, guys. My number one is whoever San Francisco tight end you can find out there. I would choose Jordan Reed over Ross Dwelly right now, but this tight end, this team focuses on the tight end. They're going to be in shootout situations more than not the rest of the year. I like whoever they're starting tight end, especially Jordan Reed, if I could get Jordan Reed right now. He's my number one pickup in terms of tight ends. Um, over to my second one. It's Jordan Aikens, and I mentioned already, no Randall Cobb this week. This is more of a one-week kind of thing. Could take advantage of a, a great opportunity against Detroit in a situation where they end up throwing the ball a lot. The run game is just not working, and Jordan, Re- Jordan Aikens could end up seeing that third role in that offense there and it'd be somewhat very productive for your fantasy week. Again, after that, it's not great matchups, but for this week, good week one week pickup. Um, more tight ends, Darren Fells, uh, Arv Smith Jr., Kyle Rudolph, Trey Burton, um, Gerald Everett, Dalton Schultz probably more of a long-term one. If you really wanted somebody, I'd choose him. Will Disley and Jacob Hollister are interesting to see if they get a bigger role with Greg Olson out the rest of the year. Um, but that is really it, guys. Um, yeah, that's our waiver wire for Week 12 here. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, you found some players that are really interesting to help you out. But uh, that's all we got for you today, guys. Sorry, it's just me today, guys. Hopefully, I didn't bore you. Um, Coach Jibs will be back on Wednesday for our start and sip for, for the weekend. So look forward, forward to that. Uh, we may have another episode. Don't forget to check out our DFS pod. And um, also go check out our website, www.thefantasycoaches.com. Again, we have all of our great uh, rankings on there, articles, um, live streams. We have great affiliates that are out there. If you want to take advantage of some of those deals, go do that. If you have any fantasy questions you need to ask us, please go do it over at Coaches Fantasy. If you want to hit me up personally, uh, we can talk football. You can hit me up at Coach Stephen P. You can always follow Coach Jibs at Hot Take Honcho. Um, we thank you guys for listening. Tune in until next time. Take care. Be safe and have a great one. The bag is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jay. 
jack, I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.